Welcome to our After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Our podcast is here to help teachers and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. If you work in education and looking to improve or develop your skills, then this podcast is here to help you. Welcome back to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Thirsty Scholars Partnership. Georgie here, Director of Learning and Development for the Classroom Partnership, and we are returning to focus on a new series of podcasts with Helen Morgan, a previous head of school, Andy Bridge, current deputy principal, and Lorna Bradford, our head of quality assurance and impact. This is our latest series of brand new podcasts, and it's aimed at early career teachers and their mentors. Launched nationally in 2021 after a regional pilot, the Early Career Framework represents a significant change in support and induction programme for teachers following their ITT. It forms a key part of the government's teacher recruitment and retention strategy, aiming to ensure all teachers are provided with high quality training opportunities throughout their career. In this podcast series, we explore the ECF, the research underpinning it, and consider the practical implications for early career teachers and their mentors. In our first podcast, we will explore what the Early Career Framework, or ECF, is. For years, teachers' induction in England has changed very little. The acronym NQT was universally understood, and the induction period lasted for 12 months after an ITT course. All of this has changed with the introduction of the ECF, the newly qualified teachers were replaced with early career teachers and their support package has changed drastically, being extended to two years. This podcast is going to explore the key aspects of the ECF, where it came from and the research that underpins it. So I'm going to start by saying good morning to Helen and Andy. Welcome and great to have you here. And let's start, Andy, by asking what is the early career framework and why has it changed? Morning, Georgie. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of gave a, a brief introduction. Then this this has come about um, really as part of the government's recruitment and retention strategy. So we've known for um, many years that, for various reasons, teachers leave the profession in large numbers. Many of them do so only a couple of years in um, after training. So the government was spending huge amounts on teacher recruitment, marketing, training, induction, ITT to get teachers into the profession. Um, and it was like trying to fill a, a bucket with a hole in it, if you like, because the, the retention um, was such a such a problem. So it's this government strategy for recruitment and retention um, that really tries to tries to look at the career, the lifespan of a teacher, right from the ITT up to the end of their career mm-hmm. as a head teacher, executive leader, um, and really make sure there's high quality support and training throughout that whole journey, so that. Um, so that they feel supported, so they can do their job well, to make them feel successful, to hopefully get rid of some of the barriers and some of the issues that's causing so many teachers to leave the classroom. So that's where the early career framework fits in. Um, it comes after the ITT, um, where the, the core content framework was introduced, um, replaces what was that that old NQT year with a two-year programme of um, program of support, training, mentoring, induction. Um, and I think one of the key differences, um, well, the key reasons, sorry, this was introduced was such regional um, 
and school by school variance in the level of support people were getting in the old system. And um, this is a, a hopefully a much more comprehensive standardised approach. It's brilliant, isn't it? Because I think we had seen a lot of people, you know, very keen individuals wanting to join the teaching career and actually then reality hit and the support wasn't there and, and then they left the industry. So this is such a, uh, a, a great sort of uh, opportunity now. So Helen, morning. And what are the main differences between the ECF and the old system? Uh, good morning, Georgie. Um, morning, Andy. I think, you know, um, like Andy said, um, I think the, the ECF takes a, a much um, longer term view of somebody's career, but it really focuses down on the first two years to make sure that, you know, like Andy said, it's not a luxury if you get um, a good deal as an early career teacher. It's a real entitlement. Mm -hmm. So we've moved from just a one year support with um, an NQT support into two years with the early career framework. And I think that shift into the second year um, is really, really important because it means that somebody gets a really great start to their career. And I think alongside that, I think one of the really positive things is there's a, a standardised curriculum. So that entitlement is there. It's sequenced really carefully to build knowledge to build understanding um, for new teachers and you know that's often referred to as the core content framework. Um, I think one of the things that people would, would really kind of say is very different is the mentoring entitlement. So now um, in your first year of teaching you are entitled to one hour of timetabled mentoring support. Schools have funding for that and that continues into the second year, um, although the time is, is reduced, it's an hour a fortnight. But I think that opportunity as a new teacher to work with somebody with expertise as your mentor is a, a real bonus um, for new teachers. And I, I look back at my career and think, you know, I would have really have welcomed that. Absolutely. It's like a bit of a support mechanism as well, isn't it? So that it can be quite a, an isolating situation moving into yeah. a well-established yeah, curriculum area and, and school and, and the whole experience actually day to day and those challenges. It's great to have someone that you can just unpack some of that with. So, um, yeah, I think it's to be celebrated, definitely. Andy, would you um, share with us what the benefits of the new system will be? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Helen's touched on a lot of these, but I think you can't underestimate the benefit of having that support for the first two years. So I think there were some concerns when this was being um, developed that it was like a probationary period or people were going to feel like they they weren't properly qualified. And that's not really what, what it's designed to be. The reason that's stretched over the two years is just to give that additional support for people, which I think is great. Um, Benefits, you know, we've got that two year support, we've got funding for schools that give um, mentors the time that they need. We've got, hopefully, if this goes well, people having a really strong, secure foundation to their teaching career that means that they then aren't looking to leave the classroom as quickly. Um, so hopefully we'll see that that retention improve. Helen touched upon the importance of mentoring. I think that's so important and um, the mentoring strand of the ECF personally I think has got such massive potential um, particularly if we get the training of mentors right 
so that the, the mentoring is really high quality. Um, and then finally, we talked about that kind of career pathway from a, an ITT up to a head teacher or a executive head CEO. Um, so that's what the, the DFE are kind of calling this golden thread um, from the core content framework ITT, the early career framework, and then the whole new suite of um, specialist NPQs that kind of replace the middle leadership NPQ and then the NPQ SL, NPQ H, NPQ EL. Um, hopefully it's just a good training package. And I'm really sorry if you can hear my dog going berserk at the postman. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love the fact that uh, now we can all be a bit more relaxed about uh, external involvement in these conversations. Um, it's brilliant. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. This this essence of like a proper formal framework. There's a there's a real career pathway and journey going through, isn't there? And the you know this golden thread um, is. It, I think it's been a long time needed. Um, would you say there are any challenges around around the uh, sort of early career teachers sort of role? Yeah, I think you know that there are there are challenges. Um, you know, all that glitters isn't gold uh, when you start with something new, and there are always obstacles or hiccups um, as you you begin something. I think one of the things that lots of people are talking about is that the new framework brings an extra workload um, for early career teachers and for their mentors as well. Um, I think there are also some issues where, you know, schools have received funding to enable mentoring to happen during the school day, um, but recruitment issues, um, stability with staffing in school, COVID, um, rigidity with timetables means that sometimes logistically it can be quite challenging for mm. schools to timetable a mentoring session within the school day I think there's also been a little bit of feedback um, and, and Andy might kind of come in on this one where people have said that the content um, is quite prescriptive um, and that sometimes it feels like um, there's repetition rather than deepening of, of knowledge and understanding and the intention really is that there's a spiral curriculum. So, you know, your learning as a teacher really develops, it deepens. We're not going a, a mile wide and an inch high. We're really seeking to, to add depth and substance to understanding. But there have been some kind of complaints, if you like, from schools about that. Um, and, you know, there are even some schools, and I think this is, you know, a, a definite concern, um, where head teachers are saying that the extra commitment in terms of time and the extra workload is making them reconsider um, employing early career teachers. And those things, you know, yeah, those things need to be ironed out. I think we've mm -hmm. got to, as with all new things, give them time and work these things through. Because like Andy said, th there are a huge amount of benefits um, for early career teachers. And I think if we can keep the focus on that, then we can probably resolve some of those issues. I don't know, Andy, you know, from a, a school perspective, how does that fit with your experience? Yeah, I think you've summed it up really well. I think um, some of the challenges are linked to COVID and will disappear over time as kind of we get our staff attendance back to where it was and 
normality regimes, if you like. Um, some of the difficulties are just implementation difficulties with anything new where things need um, refining and tweaking over time. And some maybe does need um, a bit more flexibility from DFE about the, the delivery model and what some of this looks like. And for me, I think the, um, the tension is, and we've talked in this podcast a lot about um, the science of learning and retrieval practice and Ebbinghaus forgetting curve. And it, it's wanting to incorporate all that good science of learning about how to really embed um, you know, some of this content with our teachers without making it repetitive and boring in the same way that we try and embed that in our lessons without making it boring for students. That just needs a bit of thought about how we plan and deliver that this um, curriculum in, within our schools. Uh, it's, it's ensuring that it's not linear and, and, and as you said, uh, not too wide, but, you know, the, it has the depth to help uh, build and, and establish a, a teacher as they grow. Excellent. So have you got one top tip for getting to grips with the um, the ECF? Yeah, go on, I'll pick that one up and, and start. I think, you know, like kind of you and Andy have just um, referred to there, this is a, a long term approach. It is new. People are getting to grips with it. So don't treat it like a, a straight jacket, <laughs> you know, employ where there is flexibility, employ that flexibility. Don't make it too rigid. And I think, you know, the other one for me, um, as Andy said, mentoring has the potential to be really powerful. Um, you know, although there are challenges, really make sure that you invest in mentoring in terms of giving it the time that it needs and giving mentors the training and support they need to be able to do their their job well. Yeah, yeah. It's that investment, isn't it? It's recognising that you're almost building somebody for a long-term position in your role and hopefully with with this support it means that people will be more committed to stay with an, one school and will have less of the sort of the transient moving around um, once people are established in a, in a particular community school community and supported um, that that's got to be key and it's got to be celebrated so We've got here sort of, uh, we've captured what the ECT's role are, what an ECF is. What's your key takeaway today around our introduction discussions around the ECF? For me, I think I'd say, um, you know, we're, we're early days, there was a, a bit of a regional pilot of this, um, but really the, the national rollout's been um, during a kind of two years of schools going through like unprecedented yeah, change. Huge logistical challenges. So I think there's really good intent. I think it's got the potential to um, set us up with early career teachers that are really resilient and really well prepared to thrive in schools and have a great impact on their students. Um, as I said, as with anything new, there's some some bits that need tweaking and changing, some logistical challenges um, that hopefully the DFE will listen to what um, feedback from school leaders, but also from the early career teachers and from the delivery providers um, to hopefully get those changes embedded and, and refined over the coming years but I'm quite positive and, and excited about the, the potential for it. Certainly when I've spoken to any sort of early career mentors they're actually really um, thrilled to have the opportunity to support and work with new teachers so I, you know I, I think this is this is a positive if it can be established and, and remain. Excellent so thank you very much that's been a really good sort of uh, introduction to our, our podcast series around early career framework and the early career teacher role. 
Um, in our next podcast, we're going to be unpacking, discussing what makes a great mentor. So um, ECTs have always had mentors or NQTs, but the role of mentoring is really emphasised in the new early, early career framework, um, with schools actually receiving funding for the reduced timetables so that um, mentors of early career teachers across their two-year induction have the capacity to um, invest the time in those pupils. So next week we're going to be chatting and exploring the requirements of a mentor. So if you are considering going into a mentoring role or you are thinking um, or you're needing a refresher on what you should be thinking about if you've been asked to, to get involved in this sort of opportunity, um, they this will actually give you a, a bit of a focus on on your impact and, and how you can really help celebrate and develop other teachers as they go through their role. Our After the Bell podcasts are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. And you can listen to them while you're walking the dog, on your daily commute or when you're cooking your dinner. So uh, this has been After the Bell. Uh, great to have you here, Helen and Andy. And I'm really looking forward to this series as we explore a lot further. Thank you. Thank you.